You're listening to AACTE Presents, the University Principal Preparation Initiative, a podcast designed to inspire learning opportunities and educational partnerships to create highly trained and qualified principals who will influence and shape their learning communities. Brought to you by the Wallace Foundation. By now, we've talked a lot about the district's role in preparing principals and how the university and district collaboration and partnership is key in developing effective principal candidates. But there are some things that are outside of the boundaries of both districts and universities that fall into a higher level role, and that is the role of the state. According to a recent report published by the Wallace Foundation, states play a role in fostering an environment that develops and supports effective school principals. And it's a role that we haven't yet touched on in this podcast series. The report mentioned is entitled Using State-Level Policy Levers to Promote Principal Quality. And it goes into detail as to what these primary levers are based on their research, as well as how seven states have reworked their standards in attempts to improve the principalship. Each of these seven states are participants in Wallace's University Principal Preparation Initiative that we've been discussing. Becky Herman from the Wallace Foundation joins us again to share some of these key findings. Well, the state has a very powerful role in general in terms of creating the context and the policies that support the kinds of work that the programs and the districts are doing. So there are a number of levers they can use to make that happen. And the one that we saw in our research that was particularly important, it was tapped the most often and it seemed to have far-ranging effects was to look at the state's leadership standards and to really consider incorporating, for example, equity as an element of what the expectations are, the standards for school leaders. So states have a number of levers that they can use that can affect how principles are developed and the environment in which they work. Standards is one. The licensure of an individual candidate, what kind of tests do they have to take, if any? What kind of program do they have to go through, if any? The approval of the preparation programs and the reapproval of the preparation programs, what kinds of coursework are they required to do? How much in clinical experience and how is that designed? So these are all levers that the state has the potential to influence. And we did see some movement on those levers in the UPPI states, and that's reported in the second of our three reports using state-level policy levers to improve principal quality. The role of the state is an important one to be considered as principal reforms are being implemented. And to help us understand this more, we spoke with Paul Manna, Professor of Government and Public Policy at William & Mary. Paul's work focuses on state policy and how it intersects with the principalship. I think about and research and talk about this relationship between what happens in schools on the ground, in school districts on the ground across the country, and the sort of the overall policy environment that states create. So those districts and those schools and those principals and principal preparation institutions operate within those state environments. And since each state is different in some ways, there are commonalities, but there are lots of differences, it's important to have an understanding of how that state environment can influence what happens at the ground level. State policy is the thing that approves principal preparation programs, right? So a a university can't offer a degree 
or a certification or things like that unless the state itself has has agreed that the program that the institution is offering is useful, is viable, etc. The state has a really powerful role to play in setting expectations and also in creating incentives for preparation programs to work in concert with school districts to help develop their own programs. Because often it's the case as times change, school districts face emerging needs and challenges in different situations, especially as you know populations of students change and other things in the environment change. One of the things states can do in their oversight role of preparation institutions is make sure there is this ongoing dialogue or connection between what the program is offering and what the school districts actually need. As Paul mentioned, there are levers that states can pull to help promote collaboration between school districts and prep programs. Because as we've learned throughout this series through the Wallace research, is that collaboration from all sides is key. Paul, share some examples. So let's say an institution wants to offer a certain degree program for principals. One of the things the states can do is to say, all right, well, what kind of learning experiences will be part of that program and part of that coursework? And if everything in there is very disconnected from practice, if it's more grounded in theory, some theory is certainly important, but if things tip more towards theory and more away from the day-to-day practices that principals will have to engage in when they, or I guess aspiring principals will have to engage in when they become principals, that's a place where a state could put the brakes on and say, wait, there should be more real sort of hands-on kind of learning within this curriculum or within this degree program that you're proposing. And one way for a prep program to know what it might be offering for those activities would be to partner with the local district and say, hey, we think we should be incorporating more things like inbox exercises or simulations within our curriculum. Help us develop that so that we're actually giving people learning experiences that map onto the reality that they're going to find in schools. And so in approving these degree programs, if states actually paid attention to the details, paid attention to what the learning experiences are in classes, they can play a function there to help steer those learning experiences in ways that will forge some of that cooperation we're talking about. The report goes deep into what the primary levers are for ways in which states can most effectively utilize their education policies to affect reform and improvement in principal prep. You can read it in full through a link in the show notes. But for the sake of the podcast, we'll touch on the high points. Paul shares some key ways in which their research shows that states can effectively use their power, two of which are evaluating the enforcement and implementation of state standards and recognizing variety within school districts allowing each district to play to their strengths. One important marker of effective state policy is to see the extent to which it's driven by standards. And so all states have adopted standards that bear on the principalship and principal preparation. Is there a common set of standards that creates this logic and this connection between all of these activities? And are these standards actually used by people in state agencies, in local districts, in schools, in the field to drive behavior? I think another thing would be 
to see the extent to which state policy recognizes that there's a lot of variation within states, right? So some big school districts that have a lot of resources in proximity, either through universities or nonprofits, they can do a lot. They can be innovators. They might even be able to push beyond where state policy might want them to be. So you'd want to make sure that state policy doesn't hold them back in a way, right? If they're doing things that are research-based and getting results. And similarly, you wouldn't want state policy to make like big assumptions about, let's say, capacity that some rural or smaller school districts might not have, right? And so understanding that there is this variability across the state, and so even as a state's trying to make policy that affects everyone, if it can recognize these differences and provide supports when needed and provide flexibility when needed, that can go a long way. As we close out this series, we again see the importance of collaboration across the board in educational policy as it relates to the principalship. A collaboration that includes the state, the districts, and the universities. When these groups work together, change can happen much more effectively than working in silos. Paul closes out with a final word. The big thing is to just suggest that there is a constant need for conversation with people about principles, their role, and the potential impacts they can have. And these conversations are better when they occur across these silos that we typically work in. And people can step onto that ground and start having these conversations to break down some of these silos. Because it's a problem in all kinds of policy areas. Education isn't unique, but it certainly is one that people who work in education need to tackle if we want to make substantial progress. Thanks for joining us for this series on the University Principal Preparation Initiative. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably someone who cares deeply about the future of education. So if you're interested in learning more about the work that the Wallace Foundation is doing to improve school leadership, you can visit our website at www.wallacefoundation.org and click on the Knowledge Center tab, where you'll find more resources about school leadership. We hope you'll join us again next time.